The following is a Red Apple Podcast Network presentation. They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poet's part. Bright light, city life, I gotta make it. Welcome to Dominic Carter's podcast. This is Dominic Carter's City Hall. Now, here's Dominic Carter. I'm coming to you from McAllister, Oklahoma. Red Apple Podcast Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can listen to me, Dominic Carter, Monday through Friday, midnight to 1 a.m., midnight to 1 a.m. Trust me, folks, this is one of the most important podcasts I have ever done. I'm in Oklahoma as the keynote speaker for a child advocacy center. The centers do miracles every day, helping children that have been abused all around the country. This is my podcast. Let's go. I don't really talk about it, but I have gone through a lot of trauma in my life. A mother that suffered from severe mental illness, child abuse, foster care, childhood sexual abuse, no father, and the only man in my life was my heroin-addicted grandfather. But here is the silver lining. Society has come a long way. Now we have child advocacy centers to help such kids. Here in McAllister, Oklahoma, the child advocacy center is named Ryan's House. In your community, wherever you are listening to this from around the country or in Canada, the Child Advocacy Center has a different name, but trust me, it's there in your community doing God's work, helping children that have been abused or children that have been sexually abused. It's a difficult job to get children to express themselves on this issue and to not be forced to tell their horrible story over and over and over again. With me is the executive director of Ryan's House here at this Child Advocacy Center, the lovely Jessica Whitman. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So I want to ask you this. One, the the broader community listening to us right now, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, Virginia, the entire country. What exactly is a child advocacy center? And you and I know why it's important, but explain to the broader public why they should care. Okay, that's actually a great question. So child advocacy centers play more like a central role for child abuse investigations. So we are the place where investigators, uh, child welfare workers, uh, prosecution teams, really anyone on that investigation team meets. Um, It's the place where the child comes for forensic interviews and child advocacy programs. Um, It's the place for children to um, have the least traumatic experiences possible when telling their story or talking about their experience of abuse. So children that have been abused. Yes, yes. And, And this is a very important topic. Tell us why. Well, people don't understand, I don't think, that how prominent abuse is. Um, there's multiple types of abuse. They range um, from, from many types of different things. Neglect, physical, there's a whole spectrum of abuse. And it's in every community. Um, it wasn't until I got into this field that I realized how prominent it was. You see stories and you hear, you watch movies or read papers and you think it just happens maybe to 10% of the population. And that's not the case at all. I would say about 70% has experienced some type of abuse. 
And the children in these situations, oftentimes the perpetrator is someone they know. Absolutely. It's most, most, most often someone they know, a family or a family friend. So we are here in McAllister, Oklahoma. And what type of services does Ryan's House Child Advocacy Center offer specifically to the community? So the forensic interviewing is the main one. Um, like I said, the, ch- the children come to us for that. And we are the central hub. So that means that um, the child has a safe place. We um, testify on behalf of them for in court situations. So that's our main service that we provide for them. And then also the advocacy program. So if these children need mental health referrals or um, medical referrals, we're there for that as well. We are the middleman. We are that child's um, advocate. That is the best word for it. We make sure they get every service they need. When I was at the um, Child Advocacy Center in Wichita, Kansas, not far from here, mm-hmm. I guess about an hour and a half, two hours drive. I'm, I'm not exactly it's sure. It's not too far. Okay, yeah, not yeah. too far. They offer daycare services once a week for for parents that are stressed out. Are there any services like that for parents or is it just specifically here for the kids? Specifically here is just for the children right now. We are hoping to expand our center to actually outreach into the schools and to, to, to even develop a curriculum about body safety and uh, to do trauma-informed care approaches with teachers and educators and things of that nature. And then even um, support groups for parents and caregivers of the, the, the victims of abuse. And we are chatting with Jessica Whitman, who is the executive director of Ryan's House in McAllister, Oklahoma, where we are coming to you from right now. So to people in the New York tri-state area, tell us, teach us, Jessica, what, what are some of the things about Oklahoma that, that perhaps uh, people may find interesting? Well, other than my accent, which you've probably already noticed, um, every time I go out of state, that's the first thing they do notice. Um, we actually are a really close-knit state. I feel like, you know, even through my work, um, it's everyone knows everyone. And that's that's kind of a, a beautiful thing about our state. Uh, but again, on the, the flip side, that could be a bad thing because of uh, the work that we do. We see the abuse numbers or the, uh, the, I guess I call it the spider web effect. We see a lot of victims that are attached to other families that were also victims and things of that nature. So, um, but no, Oklahoma as a state is, uh, yeah, it's we just know everyone. That every road connects to a, a dirt road, or I mean, <laughs> I, I'm telling I, you, it's, I've noticed there are lots of restaurants and yes, lots of casinos, lots of restaurants and casinos. So we live in the Choctaw Nation territory here, right in, in Pittsburgh County. Um, well, obviously, our entire state is Indian Nation territory. Um, and every time you cross a line to Indian Nation territory, you're going to find a casino. There, there's a lot of them. And and you have a large you have a large uh, Native American uh, uh, population as well. Absolutely, we do. And actually, um, our tribal police and tribal detectives are they're on our MDT team along with uh, say child welfare and everyone else we discussed. But um, oh, I think it was over sixty five percent of cases that we have seen have been tribal children. And so um, we're actually able to provide a- additional services to these children because of the collaboration with the Choctaw Nation and um, uh, the, the tribal services they provide. So um, we're actually very blessed and very fortunate to be where we are. So Jessica, why do you do of Ryan's House, a child advocacy center in McAllister, Oklahoma? Why do you do what you do? If you're in this position, as we've, we've talked about before, you have to have a passion for it. Um, this is my purpose in life. This is everyone who works with a child. This is our purpose. Um, you're not, you don't go into this field for a paycheck. You don't go into this field for, 
any other reason besides trying to help a child work through trauma and see that hope. And that's our goal this year is to become a more hope-centered um, CAC. We're trying to push hope onto all every child, not just children of abuse, but to every child in the community. So that's that's the main reason why we're here. We are here to to get these children through their trauma and do it in the less traumatic experience way possible. So there are child advocacy centers around the country. And if you had to say there's a few common themes, what would they be? The MDT team, so the working together is the, the biggest theme. Um, we don't, we couldn't do what we do without our team. We collaborate on a daily basis with prosecution, child, everyone I've named. I mean, it's that's the most common theme you will see at any CAC is that we are that central hub for the the rest of the team members. Too. And so that includes police, yes, uh, nurses, yes. doctors, uh, counselors, our medical, our mental health professionals. Um, like I said, the investigators, child welfare, even permanent permanency planning um, for children. So it, we we monitor children even after they've been placed in long term homes. It's not a we don't stop working for the kids, you know, even after they found a safe home where they're so long term. It, it's almost like a one stop shop for kids that have been sexually abused or dealing with abuse. Yes. Yes. They're, when they come to our center, they, the idea is to be that one place so that they don't have to go tell their story um, in a traumatic environment multiple different times to different people that, are, that make them uncomfortable. We're able to provide a child a friendly and safe environment for them to, like I said, tell their story and then receive those services and all those referrals. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYC. Now, I've seen some centers, uh, they have dogs. Um, and what do the dogs do, if you know? So the service dogs, the um, the we, we actually really can't wait to have one eventually. But um, so when children come into the centers, the dogs are there um, just as support. And you wouldn't believe the difference because I've seen them at other centers myself, the difference between in a child's demeanor when those dogs are there. They help ca calm the child. They help um, ease them into the process as well. Because even though our facility is child friendly, it's not easy going into a new place, knowing that you're about to have to talk about your story that you may have not talked, said anything about yet. So um, the dogs are a great way to open up that door and to help them become comfortable. Are there any stories with children that broke your heart? Yes. Um, well, everyone does, to be honest. I mean, there's there's no way I cannot connect or feel some kind of, um, uh, well, I'm super empathetic anyway, but um, there's no way I could not think about every child that has came through. They're on my mind every single night. But um, vicarious trauma, which we know is common in this field, um, I have a daughter who is visually impaired and blind in her left eye. And so when I see children come through who have special needs or uh, anything of that nature, those are always difficult or a little extra difficult to deal with. And so, and that goes back into making sure that we as um, in, this, in this profession are taking care of ourselves as well. And that brings up a good question. How do you balance, you're a mom yourself, but yet you're an extended mom, if you will, as the executive director of Ryan's House here in McAllister, Oklahoma. So how do you balance your personal life as a mom when you're dealing with kids that need tremendous help all day long? 
That is a great question because um, it took me a while um, to, to be able to do that. I have to come home and literally shut down my mind and then go into mom mode and remember that I am there for them. But as soon as I'm back at my desk in the morning, or actually as soon as I wake up, I'm right back into what do I have to do today or who, what children do I need to reach out to? But it really it comes down to having to find a way to shut that your mind down because you cannot let both worlds live together or um, it, it just wouldn't work. It just, it would be miserable. Do you ever receive telephone calls in the middle of the night? I'm on call 24 seven. Um, so yes, we've, we've had, uh, so if there's a severe um, case as in sexual assault or something of that nature that requires a medical exam, we come in um, anytime or any other type that requires a child needing a safe place, then our, our center is that place for them. So um, yes, I'm on call 24 seven and uh, just like our welfare workers and our law enforcement officers. We, we are wrapping this up, but, but I, I do have to ask you this. So it's adult. It, it, when, a, when an adult woman has to go through a rape kit, mm-hmm. that's traumatizing in itself. Absolutely. So what happens in the event of a child? Do, do they have to go through the same thing? They do. Um, it's not in a hospital setting. It's in, a, it's in our facility. Actually, the CAC is the, the, the location for the SANE exams or any of the uh, assault exams. And um, the child comes in. And again, we try our best to provide that child-friendly environment. Um, we provide clothing, um, uh, even, you know, toys or what, depending on what the age is, we try to provide um, any type of comfort items for them for after, after the procedure's done. But yes, we, that's, we are the location where these assault exams are done. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you feel the public needs to know about children advocacy centers? I don't think the public realizes how how hard we search for funding and for support because it is a daily struggle to make sure that we have a budget that's not only going to, we only have two individuals at our facility right now working everything I've just talked about. So it is a daily struggle to find grants um, and to, to let the public know or our community know how much support we need from, it could be office supplies to exam kits or even the curriculum I was talking about. Everything requires money, of course. The exam kits are very expensive. There's nothing cheap in this world as far as law enforcement or you know, evidence collection and things of that nature. Wow. So the, the financial aspect is that, tough. That's a very tough one. That's That's the hardest part about being a nonprofit. And so that that's a good deal. So besides being a mom in your personal life, besides being a mom and a executive for a children advocacy center, you've also got to put on your fundraising hat and make sure that the money comes in. Yes. I never thought I would try to be a, a, a salesperson growing up, but I feel like that's the role I've stepped into is trying to show people what we do at the center. And try, I'm always out there talking about Ryan's house and um, to advocate for our center myself and why we need these funds. So my last question, being here in McAllister, Oklahoma, I've seen African-Americans, whites, Native Americans. Uh, I'm told that you have a large uh, Hispanic uh, community. Are, are you dealing with kids in terms of from all those different communities? Absolutely. Like I said, our um, our larger percentage, um, and I'm sorry, I don't have statistics right in front of me right now, but I do know that I think it was over 60% were tribal children, and then uh, the rest were filtered in there as well. We've, we've seen children from every culture, every culture, and it's... Um, like I said, it's still mind-boggling because I'm I'm from this community and had no idea what really goes on. So let's close this way. Tell me something good about the state of Oklahoma. 
the best thing has actually been brought to my attention in the last few weeks. And that again, that is that teamwork. I have had everyone from every agency reaching out to me to let me know that they are there to support me and to, um, and I think that goes through everything. That's not just the advocacy centers. We are such a helping state. We want everyone to succeed. You don't have information in front of you, but off the top of your head, is there a um, website or a way that the public listening to you right now can donate to Ryan's house or to, to well, I guess to your organization um, or perhaps a, a larger group, but where the money would funnel down to Ryan's house? Yeah, so we're actually working on getting our new website up. We just got a new location, and that's going to be at uh, ryanshousecac.org. And then we also have uh, PayPal, where most of our donations come through, which is the Pittsburgh County Child Abuse Effort. Um, it's labeled PC Care uh, for short, but again, anyone can always reach out to me as well. Jessica Whitman, thank you so much for, for joining us. I had a lovely time in town here in McAllister. I wish that, uh, that me, my wife, and my son, Dominic, I wish that we were here longer, but you're a wonderful person. Thank you for the hospitality. Thank you more importantly for what you do on behalf of children. Thank you for coming all this way to share your important story and everything that you've, you've spoken about today. We're, we're very blessed to have you here. Again, Jessica Whitman, the executive director of Ryan's House, a child advocacy center here in the great state of Oklahoma. Folks, if there ever was an organization around the country that needs our help, it is Children Advocacy Centers. Look up your local one and certainly please help Ryan's House in Oklahoma. They are doing wonderful, wonderful work. By the way, McAllister is about a two-hour drive from Dallas and in another direction, about an hour and a half from Tulsa, Oklahoma. I want to thank you folks for joining us, and that wraps up this edition. If you are interested in my book on my life, which is on these issues you just heard about, the book is titled No Mama's Boy. You can go to my website and I will personally sign a copy for you or you can order my bobblehead doll. The website is DominicCarterOnline.com or one word, DominicCarterOnline.com. You can catch me on 77 WABC weeknights, midnight to 1 a.m. Also, go check out the Dominic Carter merchandise at the 77 WABC store from Dominic Carter t-shirts to hats and much more. Go to WABCRadioStore.com. From Oklahoma, Dominic Carter, Red Apple Podcast, Talk Radio 77. W-A-B-C. Dominic Carter Socials on Twitter at Dominic TV and Facebook and Instagram. Dominic Carter TV. Email at Dominic.Carter at WABCRadio.com. Until the next episode, be well. And as Dominic always says, stay positive. The glass is always half full, never half empty. Dominic Carter City Hall.